TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, Sid, we're back. Before we move on, I'm sure you want to say something about your friends at Starkey. If you have a problem with hearing, there's only one place to go. Bill Austin will take care of you at Starkey. They have a brand new system that will turn turning your hearing into real good hearing. So go out to Eden Prairie, where Sarkey is located, talk to Bill Austin, talk to other people, and things will be in good shape for you. All right, thank you. Uh, it's time now to uh, turn our attention back to the Twins. We had a little Twins talk earlier. Thad Levine is ready. To, I'm just getting the signal. Thad Levine is ready to join us. Thad, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, obviously, uh, everybody concerned about the, the deal. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the acquisition of Romo and what prospects are for additional uh, movement before the trade deadline. Yeah, I think we were we were really excited to, to add Sergio Romo to our team. This is a guy who's been a tremendous reliever throughout his career. He's pitched on three World Series championship teams. And he's a guy who we think really is going to help balance out the back end of our bullpen. We've been putting a lot of pressure on Taylor Rogers recently, and I think some of our guys, so our younger pitchers have really stepped up in the bullpen. But being able to add a guy with this level of experience and also this level of ability, he's really tough on right-hand hitters, and he's very smart against lefties. So we think this is a really solid addition now. In the deal, we ended up giving up Lewin Diaz, who was a, a really nice prospect for us. I think the Miami Marlins did a really nice job of identifying him. Fred Guerrero and his staff signed Lewin when he was 16 years old. He's matriculated through our system and is having a really nice year at A. Additionally, in the deal, though, we also got Chris Bellinghouse, who was a right-handed pitcher, who, who's pitching at high A right now that we are, we're excited about. We think he's going to fit very nicely into our stable of of starting pitching uh, that we have coming. We have some waves on the horizon. And then we get a third player in the deal that we're going to be able to scout for a little while. So I think this is a win-win deal for the Miami Marlins and for the Minnesota Twins. But I think we it helps us now with Sergio Romo and hopefully will help our team in the future uh, with the additional prospects we're able to get in this deal. I think Sid's got a question. And then Mike, Sid? How are you going to handle Cleveland? They're really fantastic right now. They don't lose a game. And they play Kansas City every day of the week. <laughs> uh, you know, Sid, it's a good point. I, I, you know, you got to tip your hat. They've had a tremendous run here the last 40 games. They've been the best team in, in baseball. And so we're not the only team trying to hold them off. We just happen to be the one in the division that they're chasing. So I think in the short term, our, our mindset is control what we can control, which is we've got to go out and play good, consistent baseball night in and night out. And I, I think we've seen our team play pretty solidly here in Chicago, but every game, every game matters at this point. Uh, we, we do have 10 games left with Cleveland. So I think we certainly control our own destiny. Seven of those are at home. We're going to expect and count on the fans coming out and, and giving us the support to put us over the top and make those true home field advantages for seven of those 10 games. But this is going to be a dogfight uh, down to the wire. And I think that's how we viewed this division all along. We had a little bit of a cushion earlier. Uh, they've now cut into that significantly. 
and it's uh, you know it's, we're going to have to step up and really compete. So we got to control what we can control. We got to hope that they cool off a little bit, uh, and then we need to take care of the the head-to-head matchups that we have left with Cleveland. Thad, do you think the dominoes are going to fall significantly? Meaning, uh, you made the deal last night. We've all been waiting. It seems like a logjam as everybody sits and talks and thinks and all that stuff. Uh, but do you think in this in this last week, a lot of us thought it would it would get going a lot earlier than it did. But do you think there's going to be a ton of trades next week? You know, I, I think we've all been waiting for for that dam to break, and I don't know if. If we helped accelerate that yesterday, you know, the Oakland Athletics also got Jake Diekman, a very quality relief pitcher. Maybe maybe we'll start seeing some other deals. I will say this, unique to this market has been the fact that there's just such a, a paucity of, of sellers, and there's just been such a, a less amount of, of rental players on the market. So a lot of the players that teams are pursuing have control beyond this year. So typically... From a buyer's perspective, you, you feel, okay, by the deadline, the asks on the players you're pursuing are going to go down. I think we just haven't seen that dip yet this year, and I think it's partially due to the fact that a lot of the players that we're pursuing and a lot of the players that other teams are pursuing have control paths this year, so the teams that hold those players don't necessarily have to lessen their asks, so the asks are lofty. Uh, we're hopeful that they come down, but there hasn't been as much sign that they are coming down just yet, and I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that the players are controllable beyond just 2019. Thad, I've got a question, but I wanted to preface it by uh, who Cleveland plays in the month of August. Houston Twins, Red Sox, and Yankees make up about 60% of their August schedule. So, And, and the other part's pretty tough, too. they got the Angels and they've got the Mets. So, you know, they've got kind of the mirror image of what the Twins had. So, you know, although their record is so good, it's going to get a lot tougher for them. My question is has to do with the decision that was made to advance the, the trade deadline. What is there a lot of discussion, uh, perhaps foreseeing what's happening this year? So many teams doing the math and saying, you know, we're like three and a half games out of a, a wild card situation. We don't want to look foolish by being a seller at the wrong time. That sure does seem to be impacting the market. I, I think unequivocally it, it is. Uh, now, I will say this. <clears throat> between the calls that Derek, Rob Anthony, and, and myself have had over the last couple of days, I would say there's a new a new team kind of dabbling in the selling market almost every day uh, as they get closer to this deadline. So I, I think there could be a real flurry of activity Monday, Tuesday, right up to Wednesday at the deadline this year because teams are having to get off that fence and make decisions. The other thing we're hearing a little bit unique uh, to the last couple of years is a few teams saying, hey, we're not really selling, but we will sell some of these expiring assets thinking that that may not change their fortunes too much for this year, but they don't want to miss on the opportunity of parlaying those players into something for future value for the franchise. So I think we're seeing new people dabbling in the selling market almost every day. So we're trying to stay as nimble as possible and maybe make one additional call every day to a team that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be trading uh, just to make sure we've got our finger on that pulse. Uh, But time will tell. I I couldn't agree with your sentiment more. Gone are the days where you can just continue to evaluate your team into August and and make some trades at that point. Teams are having to make calls, and we're seeing different behaviors. Having Buxton back is making what is what are what are things he do. He has so many good things he can do. What a pleasure to have him back. Couldn't agree with you more, Sid. He's, you know, he's he's just one of those players who I think elevates the level of play of everyone around him. He elevates the energy and the enthusiasm. Uh, you know, our fans get treated to some absolutely spectacular plays. Almost every game he plays, whether 
defense, whether it's running the bases. I mean, I think he has three or four doubles since coming back. And I, I just think he plays with a smile from ear to ear. And I think, I think we're kidding ourselves if we think our players don't respond to that. Our fans hopefully respond to that. We, we know that, but our players do too. He, he energizes people. He plays the game like a little kid who isn't entitled to play, to play the game for the next 10 years. He feels like he's celebrating every single day out on the field. And I think for a team that's really in the dog days of the season, you know, right around that 100 game mark, he's a real nice shot of energy. And then furthermore, I think what he allows us to do with Marwin Gonzalez, moving Marwin around the field a little bit more, giving guys days off, uh, we're getting back into that trend, something that was a little more difficult for us to do when Byron wasn't healthy. We're now rotating 10 to 11 guys through these nine spots, keeping guys fresh. And I think that's when we were at our best this season, and we're getting back to that right now. And Thad, you know, as you watch this whole trade thing, in a strange way, uh, it would help the Twins if the Yankees pitch better because they've had a terrible week pitching, which probably puts them more in the market uh, for pitching, which you don't know what the, what lengths they'll go to, to 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 try to solve that. But that's the other thing you have to watch: the other variable, isn't it? Is how aggressive some of these teams are going to be, and certainly the Yankees have got to be looking for pitching. Yes, I think there. I think there are a number of teams that we're contending with most directly, who are looking for very similar things to what we're looking for, and I think that's what's emboldening the sellers even more so to dig in hard on their asks because there's so many contending teams that I think are not just desirous of, of getting pitching; they're in real need of getting pitching, and they're viewing this as a, as a must-have, not just a something they want to have, and, and that's leading the sellers down a path of feeling really confident when they keep their asks really high. Now, one of the unique challenges is some of the the teams that have players available specific to the Yankees, maybe the Toronto Blue Jays or the New York Mets. And, you know, we don't know what those teams' desires will be to trade within division or trade within city. And, you know, you, you monitor those types of ancillary factors in the trade market as well. Matt Levine, always a pleasure to have you in here. And for being on here, we'll get your certificate to the best steakhouse any place. Merge, thank you very much. Guys, thank you very much for having me on, and have a really nice Sunday. Well, call us back if you make a deal, okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll do. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks so much, Dad. I have a quick break, and back with P.J. Fleck after the Sports Huddle. Sid, David, Mike. All right, we are back. Gopher football practice uh, begins in earnest this week. And joining us right now, Gopher football coach P.J. Flex, isn't he? What's the situation with your three Herc players, Rodney Smith, Shannon Brooks, and Winfield? Yeah, well, they're not hurt anymore, which is always good. Uh, they've had their surgeries. They're all doing really good. So. You know, Shannon's a little bit behind the other guys, but Rodney, Shannon, uh, or Rodney and, and Antoine have all been cleared. Uh, they're ready to go. Shannon's getting closer to be able to do that. He'll be doing a lot of different things. Uh, uh, a little bit of, um, you know, he's going to have some uh, things he's going to be doing on the side, but he'll be ready to go. He'll play this year at some point. Uh, but right now, um, you know, he's he's just going to be limited a little bit. have replacements for Cashman and uh... – the other defensive guys. Well, yeah, you know, it's hard to replace him. You know, uh, an NFL football player, it's very difficult to do that. But we've got a lot of young guys, whether it's uh, Mariano Sori Marin, you got Thomas Rush stepping up, Braylon Oliver, you got some of the young guys that just got here. And then, you know, you have the, you have Thomas Barber and you got you know, Kamal Martin. And so we're excited about the linebacking core and, 
and we finally have a few guys that can get that have experience now beyond just maybe one or two guys. So it's uh, it's exciting as we keep going forward, and, uh, and I'm excited to see how that position continues to grow. What about a place kicker? Do you have somebody for a carpenter? Yeah, you know, that, that's going to be one of the biggest question marks going into the season is, is the specialist, is the kicking. I know Brock Walker's had a really good offseason. And um, we brought in a young man from Georgia, and, you know, he's a freshman, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him, uh, Michael Lamp. So we're excited to see him as well. And there's some other guys that are in a battle. And then the, you know, long snapping Brady Weeks is, is going to replace Peyton Jordahl. A lot of people might not even know who Peyton Jordahl is, technically, just because he had such a great career at being a long snapper. And a lot of times you don't know who the long snapper is until they, until they screw up. So uh, he's, uh, he's a really good kid. And, you know, the specialist battles are going to be a lot of fun. And then Jacob Herbers at the punter position is going to be uh, solid for us. He's played a lot of football for us, uh, obviously now on scholarship. So we're excited for him. PJ, I was out at the Vikings yesterday, and Casey O'Brien was out there. He's meeting with Kirk Cousins after practice because uh, Kirk had given him some advice on uh, giving a speech at the Big Ten uh, uh, press conference, which I guess Kirk did uh, years ago when he's at Michigan State. And uh, as I understand it, uh, Kirk was very good to him, but I also understand that Casey walled him pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Casey's a very, very special individual. Uh, he did a tremendous job at the Big Ten Media Day. His speech was uh, so touching, so heartfelt and real. And it's, it's so fun to be able to have a young man like that on your team who just inspires people daily. You're not going to meet a better person than Casey O'Brien. And one thing I love about him, he, he doesn't have all the stats in the world, but um, he, he loves being a part of our football program and he loves being a golden gopher. And he cherishes that. And, um, you know, Paul Rovnak, our, our Wait, Paul was there too. Yeah. What's up? Paul was out there too yesterday with him. It was fun to see. Yeah. He was, yeah. Paul Rovnak called me the other day, and, and uh, you know he was doing everything he could to be able to set up uh, uh, Casey and Kirk, just because I know Casey called Kirk uh, to kind of get ready for that speech as well. So we're just very thankful for Kirk Cousins and, and how much humility he has and the type of person he is, you know. Um, and you know he's always judged on you know being a Minnesota Viking, always judged by being a quarterback and the wins you have and touchdowns you throw, but. He's a fantastic person, and to be able to have him, you know, invite Casey out and have those two be able to to get together was special. And Casey, Casey's had a he's had a heck of a few uh, uh, he's had a heck of a few weeks uh, to be able to do the things that he's you know dreamed of doing. So he's a special individual, brings a lot of uh, emo- uh, motivation uh, to our football team, and I'm just glad he was able to do that. That was a, that was a dream for him to go out there and meet Kirk Cousins and be around the Vikings. PJ, you use the term inspirational. I have to believe that that's an appropriate word. Uh, when the Big Ten writers got together and in various uh, polls and surveys, we're seeing the Gophers perhaps fifth and sixth in, in the West. I would imagine that that gives you an opportunity to make some uh, key points with your team. It does. It always gives you a chance to make something with your team. But, again, that's, those, are, those are people making predictions prior to the year. So we're not going to put a lot of stock in it. Uh, we didn't last year, you know, just in general, wherever they picked us. Um, you know, we just have to go out there and get better today more than we were yesterday, and then tomorrow get better more than we were today. And that's what we're going to focus on, and that's what the training camp has been about. That's what we've talked about since day one for the last two and a half years. That's that's not going to change. We're going to continue to talk about that. Uh, we have our own expectations, and I've said this a hundred times, that nobody's going to put more pressure on our team than me, 
nobody's going to put more pressure on me than me, and nobody's going to put more pressure on our players than our players. And they understand uh, their capabilities. They know what type of football team we can be, and uh, we're just going to take it day by day. How will you alternate those three running backs? Uh, how are you going to work them out? Well, there's a lot more than just three, Sid. You know, so that's it's going to be a, a not a challenge. It's going to be exciting. You know, and we at the running back position, that's one position you want to have incredible depth. And I feel like we have the depth with Rodney and Shannon and Muhammad Ibrahim and Bryce Williams. I mean, there's four tailbacks that I think anybody in the country would like to be able to have. Uh, and then now all of a sudden you throw in two guys that a lot of people don't know much about with, with Cam Wiley and Trey Potts. And now you have six. So it's, uh, it's going to be really exciting. You know, Rodney Smith has worked really hard in terms of not just the running back position, but he's worked really hard to play in wide receiver. And for the last two years, you know, last year he got hurt, so we weren't able to show it, but he was able to really do a lot of things in the slot, do a lot of things into the boundary and into the field and, and do a lot of things in, uh, in the route running. So we're excited about what he can be able to bring and how we're able to get multiple ones on the field, not just in a two-back set because it's really not us, but being able to get multiple guys on the field somehow, some way. But I think they're all going to really like it. Um, you know, every running back would take being healthy over, over you know, running for a certain amount of yards. They want to be healthy. And I think one thing that we finally have that maybe we didn't have last year, you know, we had one scholarship quarterback last year. We had, we, at one point, everybody was wondering what we're going to do at running back. Rodney and Shannon are done. And now I think at one point everybody gave up on us. Like there's no, they don't have anybody else. And then Muhammad Ibrahim comes out and rushes for over a thousand yards and 1100 yards. And Bryce William rushes for over 400 yards. And, and all of a sudden everybody's like, wow. So we finally have some depth, which is always good. It's great to have depth at the running back position because it's so, such a physical conference. And that's a position that you want to be healthy at. You set, somebody asked me this the other day. When you're recruiting, uh, to simplify it for yourself, do you set parameters? In other words, you don't recruit a running back unless he runs a 4-4, four or, four, or you don't recruit a tight end unless he's 6-4. Do you have to set parameters like that when you recruit? Uh, there's some parameters on different positions. Um, some, not always. Um, but when you're talking about offensive linemen in this league, yes, we have parameters for for this league because that is that is where – uh, it, it, it's it's a big man's league, and it's a it's a tough man's league. And up front, it's a big boys contest, and you need to be big up front. And I've noticed that, realized that, learned that uh, even more than you know when we were at Western Michigan. So it's that's one I think we have a lot more parameters. Um, there's times where I'm like, hey, look, uh, you know, if we're going to take two receivers this year, I'd like to take bigger receivers. You know, we have enough slots. Let's take some bigger guys. So, it, but we don't have, I don't have like a cutoff. I don't have a, a, a number because I made it, you know, to where I made it and I didn't have a number. I didn't have any numbers, right? I didn't have any numbers that would impress anybody. So I, I, I'm very careful in saying, okay, guys, here's what we're absolutely looking for. Um, you know, this year we're talking about taking a lot of more defensive ends with length. Now I'm not saying they have to have this, you know, um, this wingspan, but it's close. I want it close to this. So there's no exact number at times, but, um, you know, there are some at different positions. PJ, two-part question. One of them based on what you just said and talked about having no numbers yourself. Winfield's brother, uh, when he announced he was coming here, he was really small. But some of the numbers I've seen, look, did he, did he grow? Is he now bigger than you? Uh, and then second part, tell us a little bit about your Notre Dame transfer. That's pretty unusual. We get somebody out of Notre Dame and what expectations you have from him. 
Yeah, first of all, Micah Dutredway is a defensive tackle we got from Notre Dame. He's a transfer. And we're really excited to have him. He's a very mature young man. Uh, his mom and dad were doing a mission uh, out this way uh, in Minneapolis. It just worked out really well that he wanted to be around his family. and He wanted to go somewhere where he was going to play a lot. Uh, he played a lot at Notre Dame, but he wanted to go somewhere where he was going to start. And we feel like we got a great opportunity here for him. And he came out, really helped us on the D-line, and, and really was able to place like an O.J. Smith and, and you know, that was kind of done because of medical reasons. And uh, so we're, we're excited about the direction he's going. And Antoine Winfield Jr. is, uh, you know, his, his brother is, is, is not the biggest guy, but Antoine's not the biggest guy. So, you know, we're looking forward to see what he can do. Uh, I haven't really watched him do anything yet, but uh, that's what that's what makes, you know, Wednesday so exciting coming up here. So we have a player's report on Tuesday, and then we'll get after it on Wednesday. PJ, I got one other question off the beaten path, but next week they'll start, uh, youth football will start throughout Minnesota. And you you keep hearing continuing, well, you know, we used to have six teams in the seventh grade, now we got three teams. And, you know, you hear all the same stuff that I do. And we hear so much about why kids are not playing football. G- give me your best on why they should play football, because I feel like we're here the shouldn't, we hear the shouldn'ts all the time. Well, I think there's always going to be that, um, whether you're talking about something that has to do with, you know, people staying home watching games on TV because the TV packages are better, uh, attendance. Uh, USA Football is doing a really good job. Um, you, know, you know, USA Football is something that I'm very involved in. You know, there's a progression of every single sport that we have, you know, uh, whether it's baseball and they're going from T-ball, you know, to slope pitch or to, uh, 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 to coach pitch, then to player pitch. There's not a big progression in football yet. And I think USA football is developing this pure progression of what football should be from a very young age to as you get through high school and then obviously college and beyond. So I think we're, we're making huge strides. But the game of football teaches everybody so much about life. Um, it's not an easy game. Life's not easy. It's a, the ability to, to when you're, when, when something happens to you, um, and it, whether that's emotionally or mentally or physically, and it hurts the ability to get over it very quickly, uh, be able to respond to it very quickly uh, in a positive way. Um, you know, it teaches you so much teamwork, you know, being around a team uh, and not just five or six guys, we're talking 120 guys um, you know, of all walks of life that come together and go after one common goal from all different backgrounds. I think our society can learn a lot from a football team. So there's so much that, that football has. Uh, it's, it's a game that you don't get many opportunities. So there's so much in the preparation. And I think life is so much about preparation. And when your opportunity comes, being ready for it. So there's so many things that it, I think it teaches you, not just about the game of football and a game, but it teaches you so much about life. But I'm really, you know, I'm really excited about the improvements USA football is making towards the game. Um, and I think people are realizing it. Right, uh, with so many other options mm-hmm. out there these days, there's so many more options to play different sports. Uh, Soccer is becoming a little bit bigger in the United States than it used to be as well. But there's so many other options. So, uh, but I think when you're starting to get into peer progression, and you're going to make parents feel a lot better that you know when they when the fourth grader or third grader wants to start playing football, he doesn't have to go right into tackle football, and yep. uh, he can go into flag football. But there's a progression even leading up to flag football. So I'm excited about the peer progression, and I think that's one of the answers that as we keep going forward with the game of football that can really help, I think, everybody understand the game and be ready for the game as we get as they get older. Yeah, I think you have nine offensive players back from last year. 
talk about the competition you have there. Well, we have a lot of competition everywhere. You know, my job is to continue to, to bring student athletes in who are really talented on and off the field and give them an opportunity to play. And it's everybody else's job to go win their job. It, it's fun when you have competition. And we have a lot of it. We have a lot of it at every single position, the quarterback position, the O-line position, running back position in terms of who's going to really play, you know, who's going to get the most carries, things like that. Uh, the wide receiver position is, is critical for us as we keep going forward. we got some guys back. But, um, you know, who's going to be the next, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh guys, which are really going to help us at somehow, some way throughout the, uh, throughout the year. And the D-line, linebacker, secondary, That the secondary is really uh, exciting for me to be able to see who's going to emerge because we need some guys to be able to step in there. And I think we've got to be able to have some more depth at corner and I think we can have it, um, but we've got to uh, we got to find out who's going to be those guys. So it's going to be a from and then the specialist speak for itself. We got to find out who's going to be the kicker and things like that. So I'm really excited for camp. Um, and this I've been excited. Uh, this has probably been the most excited I've been for training camp uh, with this football team. I really like this football team, and I'm excited to see what they can do. And I think they all really not that everybody likes each other, but I think they love each other. They respect each other. They know what they're able to do, and I think they've. They failed a lot last year, um, and then they've also had a taste of somehow being a piece of the champion by winning a bowl championship. So they were able to see both spectrums. Beating Wisconsin was huge, but they also had some major losses. And I think they've seen the, the wide spectrum of what it could be. And I think you need that to be really successful. You need to be able to see both ends. So hopefully the competition helps. I know our team's really excited. We look forward to kicking it off on uh, Tuesday. PGA Flag. Tim Murray loves it when you your bride come in there. Man, make sure you get a good seat here. But I want to talk about the ticket situation. There's a lot of t- good tickets available, and don't forget to get your tickets. Thanks, PJ. I appreciate it, Sid. Thanks, Mike. Guys, roll the boat, Sky Mark. Go Gophers. We'll see you next time. All right, thanks, PJ Fleck. I'll back with more after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we've only got about two minutes to go here. We've got a couple text messages to catch up on. Under the category of water over the dam, Aaron Hicks for John Ryan Murphy. Another Terry Ryan blunder. He was terrible. People forget how much trouble the Twins had of connecting with Aaron Hicks. I mean, they, yeah. they tried and tried, and it just wasn't working. Terry Stanbach worked a lot with him back then. We'll have him on 1130 to talk a little bit about Aaron Hicks yeah. and what you see. And, and maybe the question is, what's the definition of patience, right? Right. I, I don't know. But uh, that's what you got to figure out. That's where you win and lose. Yeah. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. Somebody was talking about how bad the Aaron Hicks trade was. I don't know. What do you think? Well, we're just well, talking about I, that. You know? I, I don't. Th- I don't know where John Ryan Murphy is. He hung around for a while. He went to uh, where did he go? The Diamondbacks, and then from there, I think he went to maybe Oakland. Uh, he may be still playing. He's not. Hasn't been in the major leagues. I don't think this year. I mean, Hicks always had a tremendous amount of uh, potential, but I think they just got fr- totally frustrated yeah. with him. Yeah, um, I used to watch him take early batting practice, and he was playing ping pong with left field seats. He was so good. Yeah. And, and, and I remember at that time, Paul Molitor just doing. I don't know if I can trust him out there every day. And, you know, but what do you do? Do you play him every day, or do you? Yeah. I, I, that, that's the quandary you get in. That's where you make your money. Well, he's always such a good athlete. Remember what he was a scratch oh. golfer, oh. Uh, and there was no question about the athleticism. But there was something that just wasn't coming together and and working. And now, I mean, you talk about two-way player, the end yeah. of that game, I mean, he hits the home run, and then he makes a pucket like, 
Yep. Uh, you know, a Buxton-like uh, diving catch to end the game. Uh, people who think the Twins don't get enough attention on national media, all they need to do is play the Yankees, and they get all kinds of oh, attention on the yeah, national media. That one game must end at about 1.15 a.m. New York time. It had to be. Yeah. It's just amazing. All right, we're out of time here. We've got uh, President uh, Joan Gable coming up at 11.05, followed by uh, Ryan Saunders and then Terry Steinbach. Good hour. Stick around. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.